Hey guys, welcome to our Sermon of the Week podcast. Today's message is from Chris to pray. If you're interested in partnering with us, check out our app or our website for ways to give. I love that bumper music there at the end of that. I wish that'd kind of go for like two or three minutes. Good morning. Happy not Father's Day. And yet if you're a father, you still can't get out of it. You're still a dad. Mothers, you know all about that. Um, These are two weeks in a row just kind of talking um, about the Father Heart of God. And uh, I know that it's kind of like a Father's Day or Mother's Day when you say that because uh, for those that have had a good father experience, uh, it's like, yeah, go for it, Chris. And those that, that didn't, um, it, it sometimes can have a little bit of a sting. So uh, my prayer today is, is that you will see how God sees you, um, and you'll receive it. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like getting a present from someone and just not opening it. Um, it's there, it's available for you, but you're not, you're not taking it in. And so I prayed that all that God has and all that he wants to speak this morning We'll go far beyond just a, a little Sunday morning message about God being good. We all know God's good until he doesn't feel good. Then we're not sure. Then, then he's good for somebody else, but he's not good for me. And then I have a history of God disappointing me. And we go on down the line and then you get to church and you go, God's good. But in the reality of life, you sometimes don't feel that. And so I, I, I pray that there'd be a, uh, a Holy Spirit download um, for you concerning the goodness of God and how he sees you this morning. Uh, I'm just going to use Ephesians 1 here as a, a little springboard, um, but I have to bring something over before I do. And don't you go dying on me, lift up your soul. <laughs> okay, this, this is to peak interest. How's this? Wow. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> Some people have real props. I have old coats. This is, this is serving, though, to, you know, it's a kill two birds with one stone. Um, I, I was going to do this with my couple of coats of mine, but... I saw these in the lost and found. So after I put them on, if you recognize them, you know, come on up afterwards and get them. They've been there a while, so I got a little dust on them, but uh, it's all right. Uh, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, it starts out in verse 16. Um, this is Paul talking to the, uh, the church at Ephesus. Uh, if you know the church at Ephesus, um, well, you probably didn't know them, they're long dead, but... The church at Ephesus. Ephesus was an amazing place. It was kind of like L.A. or New York, Chicago. It's a, it, was, it was a monster hub of uh, commerce, tra- uh, transport, uh, you, just, you just name it, culture. It was, it was huge. And they had some good money. 
And so Paul is talking to the, the church at Ephesus, and in chapter 3 he says the same thing. I won't get to that one, but he says here in verse 16, I don't cease to give thanks. Let me read it for you. He says, I don't cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. So Paul is, is asking, you know, or telling them, hey, I pray for you all the time. Wow, we got it really great here. Well, yeah, you do, but this is what I pray, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, yeah, you've been around long enough, you've heard me say these. Why? So the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened or opened, and I'll, I'll get to that other part later. But the spirit of wisdom and revelation, um, there, there are two things. If I say that you walk in wisdom, it's because you've learned things over the years probably not the easy way. I had an older brother and sister. I learned from them tremendous things because they were often stupid. I love my brother. He's my best friend. Hi, if you're watching, Mark, God bless you. Namri Pacha, Feli Spiritus Sanctus. But I learned what not to do with my, because of my sister. My sister, she will not be watching this today. My wife might be, she might encourage me not to say this again. But my sister had what we lovingly call oral diarrhea. She knew it. And if you don't know what that is, it's the inability to stop talking. <laughs> so when you get in a, in a crowd or a small group, two or three people, and you dominate 90% of the or conversation, you have oral diarrhea. It needs to be cleaned up. And the thing is, when it's going on, you don't even think about every last thing you're saying. It's just a flow. <laughs> and it's, so, now why am I saying this? It's because over time you watch that and you watch somebody go, I, I don't want to do that. Why would I do that? And so you gain wisdom over time. You gain wisdom when you hit your head against the wall and then you hit it again and you go, why do I run into the wall? Why don't I walk around it? Well, it'll take longer. No, actually it won't. It'll take less time because you're dealing with injury, you're dealing with pain. And so pain brings you wisdom. Watching others brings you all the different things. I'll just tell you more than anything else, the word of God in you will bring you wisdom. That was one mighty yes, yay, whoever that was. I think it was, yeah, um, which I appreciate. Uh, the word of God in you gives you wisdom. And so you got, he's praying for them to have wisdom. And then he says, I, I pray that you have revelation. Well, revelation, I, I think I'm going to have a revelation in the next minute. You don't just go, I'm going to have a revelation. Okay? It just, it's a download from God. So it's this wonderful combination of growing, becoming wise, taking knowledge and finding out how to use it and having it become wisdom and then praying because Paul prays. So this is, I pray, this prayer I pray all the time. I pray for revelation which is something I can't just grow into by wisdom. I need God to give me revelation. And so that's a, it's a wonderful partnership, and Paul prays that for the church at Ephesus, but he prays that they have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. 
to know God. It's not just to have wisdom, revelation, you know, uh, for whatever. It's to know God. It's to know Jesus, to know what he's like, to know his purpose, to know his heart. So he prays for them. Prays the same thing in, in, in uh, chapter 3. He says, I don't cease to give thanks and pray for you, the length, the width, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ. That's why he keeps going back. And then if you go over to Revelation, you get to uh, the letter to the, to the church of Ephesus, and you find out, by the way, you've done this, you've done this, you've done this, but you know what? You lost your first love. And so Paul, it's really amazing. There's, there's, these are some of the most precious apostolic prayers for a particular church in a particular city. And then it, it, as time goes by, they lose what he was praying for. They got caught up in the wealth. They got caught up in the, the rat trap. They got caught up in whatever. But whatever caught them up, let them lose something even more precious, which was the knowledge of the Son of God. So I come this morning and just say, so the teaching of the Father, heart of God. Why, why, why does Nathan make this a priority? I don't know if you've been here long enough. You've probably heard one or two messages on the Father, heart of God. How many have heard a message from Luke 15? Everybody, yeah, I love Luke 15. That is the premier message at the heart of the Father. It's the running Father who covers, forgives, and kisses your sin away. It's amazing. It, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. Um, but why, why is it prioritized here? Um, <clears throat> Early Christian writer Tertullian, his name, he was the, known as the father of Latin theology, a brilliant attorney, a brilliant writer, a brilliant man, but he did something that messed up the church for a long, long time. Okay? He, saw God, he saw God as a judge, and Jesus was the defense attorney. Remember, this guy was an attorney. He was a lawyer of his day. And he saw God then as a judge, and that Jesus stood between us and the Father, Okay, and he 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 was our defense attorney, and he saves us from God's wrath. So God's waiting over here to pour out His wrath on us, and Jesus is pleading as His attorney, our attorney, and we're over here saying, "Oh, I hope He wins." And that he he put that into um, into church history, and and it it became a staple. Um, particularly through the, the Middle Ages coming even out of the Middle Ages with, with Luther. And it became a staple so that um, people, even today, see God as a wrathful judge. And so if you, if you see that, what you end up doing is you're like, well, thank God for Jesus, and heaven help me that he keeps the Father away. And unfortunately, you know, it's like, Chris, that sounds ridiculous. All you have to do is just sit and talk with people long enough, one after another, for 45, almost 50 years, to find out how many people do not see the Father the way the Father wants to be seen. Have you ever had somebody you want to introduce to somebody? You just you say, I can't wait for you to meet so-and-so. And then they meet them, and the, the person, the so-and-so you wanted them to meet is... is you know, either sick that day or they've got a migraine and they're, they're like, hi, it's good to meet you. Yeah. And their, their brow is furrowed and they, they're not getting the person. Isn't that frustrating? I, I'm sure that that is <laughs> the heart of God is to be known. The heart of us is to be known. 
We want to walk into a room and have people know us and not just know, oh, that's Chris. Or, you know, there's, there's Tom and, you know, it's, it's my buddy Ryan in the back. Uh, and, and to, yeah, he's a good guy. He handles finances for people. Yeah, but that's all you know about him. So you, when you go and if you meet him, you go, hey, you're Ryan. You handle finances. I got a $7 million that I need help with. By the way, if, if you do, that's the gentleman to see. <clears throat> but if all you see of Ryan is a guy that handles other people's finances, you've missed it. And that's how it is in the body of Christ is that we, we get glasses on and see God in a particular way because of our past, because of how we're now taught, uh, and because of events that, hand, that, that are around us that we misinterpret. And so you put all that together and I put my glasses on and I go, oh, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just love when you come. Father, just don't hurt me. <laughs> We need to counter that. The freer we know we're loved, the freer we live. That is just true. You are created uh, to, to be expressed in a particular way. I don't know all of you. I know a bunch of you. A lot of you I don't know. Some are faces I haven't seen before. Um, and can you imagine if you removed every hindrance around you and you became the absolute most free person you could be. How would that be? I was thinking of it during worship. I, it's, it's a bizarre thought that I had. I'm, I'm, I'm there in the middle of worship, and, and, and I forgot which song it was, uh, but Angie was singing. And I was just so connected to the song. And suddenly, I had an image of my high school stage. <laughs> And our chorus, our, our choir was going to get up. In ninth grade, I sang bass in the choir because she needed bass singers. And I don't know, I had a high-pitched voice, but she took me anyway. So I was saying, I sang, and I remember walking, they called up the, the, the choir. So they called the choir, and I walked by, and this older kid, either in 11th or 12th grade, I walked by, oh, Dupre's going to be a sissy singer. And I, anybody ever have that in high school? You ever get teased like that about something? About something that you really love and enjoy? And so I got up on stage and I sat there and he just sat there going, mm -hmm, you know, and he was about fourth row, fifth row back. And he was right in my view and I, I saw him. I just pretended to ignore him. <clears throat> but inside, I didn't ignore him. I was not free. And it came time for the senior play and I wanted to be in the senior play. Because since I was a kid, I thought, I want to be an actor. I love that whole world. It sounds like that. But... Then I remembered the sneering of this kid. And I became part of the crew behind the stage that wasn't seen. And so I, I, I found myself getting more and more uh, closed in to the point that when I became a believer, I could neither sing nor speak in front of anyone. Because someone else was used by the, my enemy to put chains around me and to bind me. Now, I, I don't blame my stuff on other people, but I allowed it to happen, and I allowed myself to not be free. If you don't understand the affections of the Father, you'll never be free. It won't happen. You, your, your expression of affection will always be limited because it's, it's what's flow, what flows in is what flows out. 
And if what flows in is your uh, misunderstanding of how God sees you, and if what flows in um, is not a pure understanding of a God who loves you fully, oh, well, he would run to so-and-so, but he wouldn't run to me. He would kiss so-and-so, but he wouldn't kiss me. He'd forgive so-and-so, but boy, I have to go through this whole process to feel forgiven. Well, that feeling is incorrect. It comes from a bad teaching. It comes from a poor father. It comes from something else, but it's not true. So I want to um, take a short amount of time. How do you like that? Uh, take a short amount of time this morning and just highlight three things, which is to recognize who, how God is our father, then receive what we recognize. You can't, you know, I, I remember me, meeting a very famous person years ago. I did not know who they were. <laughs> I'm in Nashville. And it's like, hey, yeah, hi, uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And they walked away and my buddy goes, do you know who you just saw? I said, no. Goes, and they told me their name. I went, seriously? I, I would never have known that. Uh, the same thing happened with a, with a, with a friend of mine um, that uh, there's this particular singer that he, he met. And we're having lunch together. She's right across here. He's right with me, and we're having lunch together. And he goes, she was very quiet. I liked her, but she was very quiet. I said, did you know who that was? He goes, no. Have you ever heard of Alison Krauss? He goes, no, no, no. And then I put my phone out and I played him a sign. He goes, no. <laughs> that was Alison Krauss? I said, yes, that was Alison Krauss. You didn't stay, yeah. Wow. But he never got to experience who that was because he didn't know and recognize her. You got to recognize the people in this room. They're amazing people. You guys need to meet these people someday. And you guys should meet them over there. These guys are amazing people. But you never meet. <laughs> no. <laughs> Linger. And then get to know someone. All right. We doing okay? Good. Um, if you don't recognize them, then you, I, I'll just be honest. You live your life as what is there's an expression called an orphan spirit. It is a real spirit. It's to attack you, to remove the idea that God is for you. Years ago, I went to a, uh, <clears throat> I was in St. Louis. I used to travel when I lived in Nashville. I'd travel there once a month, and it was helping one pastor step down and another pastor step in. It was a beautiful thing. This man was being... Um, restored to ministry after 15 years, and the, the, his associate pastor said, I will take the pastor until God restores you, at which point, when he does, I will go back and be your associate. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't ever change that. And so my role was to come in to help the whole thing. It took about a year, but when it, when it happened, it was a beautiful thing. And towards the end, they were having this big celebration over this guy's house. And they were celebrating what was going on, but they were also celebrating this, the worship pastor there had just uh, adopted two kids from Russia while that still was allowed, while that door was open. And they brought two kids over. Now, these kids had been orphans. They literally, they were born in an orphanage and had never had a family. 
And this, this huge spread was out for us to all eat because it was a big celebration day. And I watched these kids, and they had been orphaned. They were, they were about 8 and 10, and they walked up to the table, and they, were, they just stood there and looked at it. Then they looked around to see if anyone was looking because I knew what they were going to do. And they began to stuff their pockets. They took rolls. They took meat. Put it in their pockets. And then they took their plate and filled it up as big as they could. And then took another plate, a little plate, and filled it up as much as they could. And they, they literally could barely walk back. Now, why did they do that? Well, they're not used to a father that's going to give them a spread tomorrow. And another spread the next day after that. They are beginning to hoard. They're, they're, they, the, an orphan will do that. It will, they will, an orphan spirit, not an orphan, but an orphan spirit will fight to get something. But then when you have a son, well, a son just receives their inheritance and says, thank you. It's two different worlds. If you have an orphan spirit, you never really see the father, but he's there, but you don't recognize him. If you don't recognize him, you don't receive from him in the same way. He wants to give you more. Orphans see God as a master. Sons and daughters see God as a loving, loving father. Orphans live by what I say, the, the love of the law. But sons and daughters live by the law of love. So we have two, two different worlds. Um, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, it talks about becoming what you behold. How you see God is relative to how you walk out your life of who you are. So if your God is a harsh God, you become a harsh person. If your God is a judgmental God, you end up becoming judgmental because what you behold is who you become. So I want to go just through real fast some, okay, let's recognize God is a, he's not just has a, God is a culture. God is the Christian culture. He is values. We need to see how he fathers. So to recognize, stop for a second, First uh, John 3, 1. Recognize the Father heart of love. How great is the love the Father lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. Now, if anybody knows this better than anybody else, it's John. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it doesn't know him. I love that. How great is the love of the Father that he lavished on us. Um, the second one is recognizing God's heart of forgiveness. Ephesians 1.7. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins and according to the riches of God. We have redemption. We have the forgiveness of sins. We have this father that is there. Oh, by the way, I love you, but I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to forgive your sin. In Psalm 86, 15, but you, O God, are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Recognize that God has a heart of compassion. God's compassionate. I love compassionate people. And yet I, I, I have a friend over the years that if I tell him something that's going on in my life, I've known this guy for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. And he is a wonderful believer. Beautiful. He'll give you the shirt off his back, kind of, if it's convenient. But he's, he's a wonderful guy. And, but if I tell him something's going on, and I really love, I love uh, his, his thoughts or prayers, go, oh, okay, I'll pray. And I could just tell him, by the way, um, Everyone I know and love just died. Okay, well, I'll pray. 
That's kind of what it's like. It's like, is there a, a thread of compassion there? Is there anything that, you know, if you've had parents that didn't have compassion, oh, I just fell down, yeah, run it off. Run it off, I just broke my leg, yeah, it'll heal. It'll be okay, I've broken my leg, don't worry about it. That's one of the great compassion things. Well, this happened to me, and you know, it's like, well, it's not happening to you right now, but I will help make it happen if you'd like. Recognize God's Father heart of grace, 2 Corinthians 9.8. God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in, I love this scripture. So that in all th- times, in all things, in all times, having all you need, you'll abound in every good work. Well, that doesn't sound small. All, 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 every. You know, I grew up Catholic. I'm going to step out here, and if you're Catholic, hang with me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be disrespectful. But I say, I, we used to say all the time, Hail Mary, full of grace. No, God's full of grace. The Father is full of grace. I'm sure Mary was a wonderful woman. God picked her to be the mother of Jesus. So I love and respect who this woman must have been. But it's God the Father that's full of grace. Why? Because he wants to give it to you. He wants to extend it. Recognize God, his Father, heart of provision. Matthew 6. I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or your body, or what you're going to wear. Is not life more important than food? The body more important than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't store away in barns, and yet your Father feeds them. And how much more valuable than they are you? Wow, we, we know these scriptures, but then when our finances are about to run out or, you know, we're out of ice cream and the car is low on gas, uh, whatever it might be, I'm sorry, I'm just being real. Not really, honey, I never have ice cream. Um, <laughs> but when these things hit me um, and I, I find myself, um, okay, I've I know these words. I've been preaching them for years. I now have to incorporate and recognize, and then we go to the next step, which is i got to receive it. I can just know the scriptures, but I have to pull it in and make it part of my life. Now, Ryan will connect with this with me because he, he worked with a gentleman, a friend of ours, that had what's called around here which is just little sayings, around here we do this. Around, you know, around Providence, we, we love to extravagantly worship. Around, around, if you had some around here's in your home, it would be around here. Uh, kids, when you're growing up in this house, around here we speak kindly to each other. Around here, we, if you're going to speak something truthful, do it in love. Uh, around here, uh, we help when we're not asked. Okay, these are the around here's of, of life. God has around here. Around here. This is who I am. This is what I'm like. But we, so many times, to receive it, there's a, there's a block. So hang with me here for just a minute. You can hum if you'd like during this time. Or, or do a, a, a little, you know, um, drum roll.
It's not bad. Just, no. It's just one size too small. So this is probably a large, and I would take an extra large, I'm sorry. But um, this is my belief system. This is what I believe about the Father. This is, it, it comes around me, it makes me warm, I'm covered by it, and I'm comfortable with what I have. And then somebody comes along with a newer version. You know, it's, it's lightweight, but it's actually warmer, it's amazing, and, and they say, this is, this is what God is really like. And you go, wow, I really like that. I like that a lot. You go, I'm going to incorporate that into my life. It, how's it fit? It doesn't. Because I have this old belief system. I didn't get rid of it yet. Until I get rid of some things, until I get rid of the hindrances, I can't receive what God has for me. Oh, I receive it in a sense. It covers me a little. And, but it's, honestly, it's really uncomfortable. I'm glad I didn't try on two pants. That would have been really bad. Listen, I used to run hurdles in high school. If you go back to New York State, uh, Section 5, 1972. There's a, there's a hurdle record that hasn't changed since May of 1972. That's my record. Okay, 51 years later, it's still there. I don't know, but I would be impressed by that. If... If they still ran low hurdles, which they don't. <laughs> but I did break the Section 5 record. And then they got rid of it the next year. So I still have the record for low hurdles. <laughs> but I know what it's like to have to jump over something to get to the end. I get down there and I go, oh. Darn hurdles. <laughs> and we're like that with life. So, you know, the hurdle of having a false and, and an incorrect theology that I'm wrapped in, that's a hurdle. If your theology is that you have to do something to gain affection of God, that's not good. I mean, hurdles are great with hurdles, but I also played soccer. I played a little pro soccer for a while. Can you just imagine if they put hurdles out in the middle of a soccer field? You know, it went from one side to the other so that you had to literally get over the hurdle every time. Oh, that'd be a pain. Hurdles in football, professional football, that'd be kind of fun. But we have these hurdles. <clears throat> um, some of the sports coats that we wear are fear of intimacy. If we're going to receive affection, we have to get over the fear of intimacy. Psalm 2, it says we serve a God to awe, to, to literally bow down in awe. And then it says don't forget to rejoice fully. 
Let your whole body rejoice. And then he says, kiss the son. That's this invitation to become intimate with God. But if you're not, if you have a fear of intimacy, uh, and not just, a, you know, you, you will, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, just kind of a physical. I'm talking about being able to, to open your heart and trust someone and let someone trust themselves with you. Oh, that would be so sweet. When I think of intimacy in here, I think of Dwayne and Melissa sitting there with their heads totally next to each other. No, no, pull them apart. I'll put them back where they were. Put it back. Come on, Dwayne. Put it There you go. <laughs> I love that. Intimacy. Ooh. By, by the way, did, have you ever heard of FIS? It's called the fear of intimacy scale. It's a real thing. You can look it up and take the test. <laughs> what you don't want is a high grade. Okay? <laughs> you want a low grade. <laughs> fear of intimacy. E each one gives you another notch. Well, I'm fearful here. I know I don't, I'm, not uncom I'm uncomfortable here. I'm not comfortable with this kind of a situation. No, if they get too close to me, and you just go up and you end up with a high grade. And you go, wow. Um, hurdle, pride. I'm doing just fine. I don't need any more information about how God sees me. I'm fine. I'm fine with what I know. Okay? I'm going to have you do something with me. Is this okay? No, I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. All right. Raise your right hand. Okay. Say I and then say your name. Who said, we'll say your name? Who was that? <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Let's do it one more time. I will be a student till I die. Okay? If you're going to be a student till you die, then you have to keep saying, uh, I've, I, I'm Okay. No, that's, that's a combination of fear and pride mixed together. And it's, it's, it's a way to keep people, uh, it's a way to keep God from doing those things in you. And one of the big ones for me is, well, that's just the way God made me. No, no it's not. <laughs> that's the way your environment and that's the way your pain. And God did make you that way, but not to respond that way. He didn't make you to not be intimate with him. Think about that. Do you think the Father created you so that you would not be intimate with him? That's the most ridiculous statement there is. Fear of intimacy, pride. How about shame? Uh, I am so bad, I'm not worthy of his love. That's, that's the son coming back after prodigal living. Father, I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me like a servant. Father, I've sinned against heaven and you. Make me like your son. Or I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me one of your servants. And he gets down there and the father's already hugged on him and kissed him and kissed away his pain and sin, and etc. And he goes, whoa, 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 father. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got something to tell you. Uh, I've sinned against heaven and against you. The father's like, yes, you did. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. That's awesome. I am not worthy to be called your son. At which point, the father, you can read it biblically, it's, he says, shut up. 
Because he ignores his third thing. He never gets to the third thing because the father heard the second one, which was, I'm not worthy to be your son. It's like, well, I've said this before. You didn't son you. I sunned you. I'm the only one that can unsun you. You can't unsun yourself. So stop. Shame. Go. Listen, one of the biggest hindrances and hurdles in the body of Christ is the spirit of shame. It keeps us from acknowledging and accepting, accepting forgiveness and grace. I talked about a God of forgiveness. I talked about a God of grace. Wow. Past rejection. Well, I'm not going to get intimate. I'm not going to get close to God. I did that once when I was first saved, and I got messed up by some leader, and with something happened, and I'm just not going to get hurt again. I'm not going to get rejected again, whether it's by a leader, whether it's by the body of Christ. I'm just going to go into my shell. Yes, Jesus is Lord. I will always admit that, but I'm going to live in the corners. I'm going to live in the shadows. And every, here's the thing, and every, and you're not saying this out loud, but every gift I have, I am not going to give it. That's what you're saying. I am going to put myself above giving out every gift God gave me. I don't want to live like that. If I, but if I recognize who a, what kind of a father I have, then I don't run from him, I run to him. Because when you screw up, you run. You run one place. You either run from them or you run to them. Legalism. God, first a God of love. Justice is his first nature. And that's how I see God. He's a God of law. Justice is his first nature. Well, no, actually, he's not. Um, well, he gave the law. Well, no, actually, if you go back and really understand Scripture, um, the lifestyle of those that were believers at the time asked for it. They asked, they asked for the law. They wanted it because they were lawless without it because they didn't have relationship. They put all the relationship on a man to represent them. No man can do that. You have to have your own relationship with the Father. If you do, you will find that legalism can't live in that same little area. God, he, he's not legalistic. Yeah, he's a judge, but I, honestly, what he's judged for me is my sin by removing it. He judged everything on the cross for me. If I know that, if I recognize how God's a judge, then I can live in the justice that he gives me. If I think he's a judge for me to hurt me, then I live in a false reality that he's always mad at me. And then you go into yourself, and every gift you have <clears throat> is by the wayside. Well, I need to recognize who, what God is like. I need to receive him. And the third one that I have written down here is to release. Um, we, only, we, we don't just recognize and receive... See, the basic cry of the world, the basic cry is to know what is really true. And that right now, I think more than any time I've ever lived, is the perversion of truth, but it's also people going after truth sincerely. They're going after it, and people are, are guiding them down wrong paths of what is real and what is true. 
The world's crying out for truth. What is underneath them is they're crying out to know what God is like. The world is dying to know what God is like. And if, if, if we represent him in the right way, they'll see, they'll recognize what he's like. I know that's a, that's a big thing to put on people, but I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures that I think <clears throat> bear uh, truth along with that. Um, without an understanding of the Father heart, we, we look for the wrong areas. We, uh, Paul called himself an ambassador of the gospel. We're ambassadors of, of the Father's love. We're, we're, we're those that are, are if, if, if we can get to the point where I, I recognize what, what God is really like. This, the Father is not what I thought he was. I take off that old coat and I put on the new one and it fits just right now. And so we recognize, and then we just begin to receive it. We go, oh, God put this in my heart. Let it be such a part of my lifestyle or my thought process that I can't help but leak you. I can't help but leak affection. I can't help but leak mercy. I can't help but leak grace to those around me. And that's what, what God is wanting. He's wanting that receiving to leak. So I could call it release, but I could also call it leak. You're called to leak God. No matter how lovely that... Allie likes that. Okay. Called to leak God, Allie. <clears throat> uh, in Israel, there's a river, very famous river. Um, and uh, Jordan River flows into the lake. Into a, actually, it flows into a lake. Now, believe it or not, you, we call it something else, but it's actually a lake. And this particular lake has no outlet. And what happens is that because it flows in, but there's no outlet, it finally, all, everything that is within it, and I was looking it up the other day to look at what is in, it flows into what's called the Dead Sea. You've probably all heard of the Dead Sea. And there's no outlet to the Dead Sea. And without an outlet, everything builds up. But what happens, what it does, it builds up that which opposes life. So there's nothing living in the Dead Sea. It's, it's, that's why they call it dead. <laughs> but it's not a sea. It's just a lake. It's just a lake. You can go. And, and I was there years ago. And uh, people got down there. And they went in. And then they came out. And they were oily and smelly and smelled the rest of the day. And then they ran back in to float one more time and say, Chris, come on in. I said, no. I see that you can float in the Dead Sea. That is a word of wisdom for me to not go into the Dead Sea. <laughs> I, I didn't need a testimony of floating. Okay? I can float on land, you know? <clears throat> Without an outlet, something inside dies. You were created to have an outlet. Listen to this. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Christ's love compels us. So Paul is saying to the Corinthians, Christ's love compels us. We're convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. He died for all. That those that live, here it is, should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. Oh. I'm compelled. You're not, you don't have permission to hold things in. Let me say, you don't have permission to hold him in. You don't have permission to hide him. We hide him. We hide him in restaurants. You ever be with that person in the restaurant who can't help but leak God? 
Hey! Did you go to church today? No, I'm sorry. I've been working here. Oh, we had a wonderful service. God healed people. And inside you're hiding. No, don't go there. Can we pray for you? Now, so, now, some of you might be thinking, I'm mocking this person. I'm not. I want to get to the point where I leak all the time. But I leak with wisdom. And here's what I do. I go to certain places, and I establish relationships with people in certain places. So that when I come in, Chris, good to see you. Good to see you. How are you doing today? Good. What would you up to? Actually, I went to church this morning. Oh, okay. Oh, it was great. But now I have relationship. Sometimes I don't. If I'm visiting somewhere else, another part of the country, I can't do that. I can do that here. I do do that here. Steve and I, Steve S. Palmer, we used to go to this, this place um, up in New Cumberland, Camp Hill area, and we would go, and we call that Church 2. Because we would go there, and over time we developed relationship, began to pray with people, invite people into the Lord, and just be with them. Single moms who uh, have been abused by uh, other men, uh, a man who was uh, losing his business because of somebody else's corruptness, and we just get to know them, we get to pray with them. I love leaking on people. <laughs> yes, you can quote me on that. <laughs> John twenty twenty one. Jesus commissioned us. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Oh, this is Jesus. As the Father sent me, I now send you. Wow. The Father sent me here to fill you with truth, to fill you with grace, to forgive you, to love you, to fill you up, to send you out. I love that. And then it says in Luke 10, 27, I don't think you guys have one, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, and your strength. And then it says this, love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. How do you love yourself? You feed yourself. You take care of yourself. You clothe yourself. So that doesn't mean you go over to your neighbor's house and you clothe them. Okay? What it means is you look to the practical things of those around you to fulfill the need of the practical thing they have. It's simple. I have a neighbor I don't like. <laughs> there we go. I've said it. <laughs> he, he's just a nasty guy. And I can hear him yelling across the way. And, I'm gonna, you know, and so my, the back of my yard butts up against the back of his yard. And, the, my, my ch and he, he, one time he just laid into me about something one time. And, and uh, he, was having a, he was having a party. And, and it was so loud that Steve was actually over at the house, Steve was Palmer. And we were talking on the back porch. We couldn't hear each other talk and yell at each other. We couldn't hear each other as we yelled at each other. And he loves to do that. He loves to make it loud so that, you know, he, he doesn't mind neighbors not enjoying life. Um, <laughs> and so I've been asking the Lord, how could I love him best? If I ignore him, what I'm saying is, whatever you've done is bigger than the grace of God. I can't do that. But I have to do it now because of this, the uniqueness of his nature I have to find out a way that I love my neighbor as myself. How do I love me? How can I practically love him? So he has a pool. 
None of us on our side can get a pool because the gas line runs through our backyards. Every house on the other side has a pool. So we watch and listen to everybody in their pool all the time. <laughs> yes, it still affects me. <laughs> I need soul care on the pool. <laughs> um, but So he's taking the pool cover off. He's having a hard time with the pool cover. It's like, good. No, Chris. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I go over there, and he's got a daughter trying to help him. And I said, hey, let me help you. He goes, no, no, it's all right. I said, no, I, I'm going to help you. So I grabbed this part, and I, I pulled it back. And he didn't know what to do with me at this point. Because I was the neighbor that, you know, he probably thought I was the, the neighbor that complains. to the, I, I didn't. But I don't know what he thought. But whatever it was, it, it wasn't a kumbaya moment between us. And so I help him off, and he goes, thanks. You're welcome. Have a great time in your pool. <laughs> I'll go back to my house without the pool. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <clears throat> but I, I have to okay, how can I leak well to my neighbor that's obnoxious? First of all, stop using terms that are negative about your neighbor, Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know those in the front are seeing me turning pages going, how many more pages is he going to turn? For the love of God, I have to love him anyway. <clears throat> Paul says to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5.11, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. So because we know, we try to persuade them. Wow. So I looked up persuade. And it, it does mean to convince someone of something. But the, the essence to it was to have a shared mind of understanding. Isn't that neat? So my life is to help someone have a shared mind of how I see God. That's to persuade someone. Now, we can persuade people, you know, Jesus came, he died for you. And our persuasion is to sometimes we just want to get them in the kingdom. Forget about them after that, as long as they're saved. Just get them in the kingdom. And, and, and God's is much larger than that. For God so loved, so loved. Oh. So his motivation is love. His motivation is relationship. And that needs to be our motivation. Now, there, there may be some here, and, and I, so I'm going to use uh, persuasion. There may be some here that you're here this morning, you've had information about God, you've decided, yeah, I kind of believe in God, and yeah, Jesus is cool, he's probably the son of God, but you haven't said who you are, I want to live in here with me. I, I would, the last thing I would want to do is to persuade you just because someone uh, laid down their life for you, so you need to lay down your life for them. Well, that's not, you know, if someone did that in the natural, I would not turn around and then allow myself to die for that person. What's the motivation? God's motivation is to take you into the most beautiful, rapturous, glorious expression of who he is. To let you know how he sees you. To feel forgiveness. To feel his grace. To feel his mercy. Let me tell you, if you've had shame and you've come out of it, 
There is, there is almost no greater glory on the earth to be relieved and delivered from a spirit of shame. It's unbelievable. If you have an orphan spirit and you, you carry this thing with you, you don't really see God, and then when God releases you into the fullness of who he is as a father, let me tell you something. That is one of the high points of my life was when God revealed his father nature to me. I, everything shifted in my life. And to persuade men, I want them to share my thoughts of who God is. If you're here this morning and you've never actually said, Jesus, I want you in. I had a year, year, years ago, there was a gal that uh, uh, lived in Rochester at the time. We would go over to watch the Super Bowl at a friend's house. And there was a young gal there, and <clears throat> she was um, sitting there all alone. I went over, I said, hey, what's your name? She told me, and I said, uh, what are you doing here? She said, well, I'm their niece, the, the host. I'm their niece. I said, oh, great. Um, I mean, uh, she, she began to talk, and she said, I feel very uncomfortable here. I said, well, why is that? She goes, everybody here is, is a believer. They're all saved. And my aunt and uncle, they're, they're saved. I said, well, what about you? And she said, oh, well, um, my uncle said that I needed to, to work some things out uh, and that there were still so many uh, things in my life that were sinful that I needed to work them out first before that I'd receive the Lord. I looked at her and I said, you know, your uncle is a friend of mine. He's absolutely incorrect. 100% incorrect. She goes, oh, really? I said, L listen to something. Where do you feel most, the most pain? On the outside of your body or within here, in your soul? She goes, in my soul. Would you rather have Jesus on the outside patting you or would you rather have him on the inside washing you? She goes, oh, he'd do that? I said, that's what he does best. Let's pray together. So she received the Lord. That instant, that instant her life was changed. She was a totally different person. She goes, I know he's real. And she got so excited. And the Super Bowl meant nothing to her. And she allowed it to mean nothing to anybody else. Because <laughs> she leaked all over the house that day because Jesus was inside of her. Yeah, it's awesome. So if you're here this morning and you, you, you're, he's your buddy, but he wants, to, he wants to be your lover in here. I want to do this. So I just close your eyes for a second. If you don't know the Lord, I want you to, to pray this along with you. I want you to have the insight. And it's, I don't mean this is in, a, in an arrogant way. To see what I see about God. Of how deeply he loves you. And everybody else, just do me a favor. Let's all pray this together. And if you've never prayed this, I want you to pray this with, with confidence and with faith. Say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you love me so much. That you set your precious son to lay down his life for me. That you would do it for me is incredible. So I take the gift of your son. I take the gift of your love. I recognize it. And today I receive it. And give me grace, Lord, to release it in the days ahead. I say yes to you.
In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time today, I want to see you or somebody in the prayer team that's going to be up here would love to see you, would love to pray with you, would love to hear your heart. We'd love to give you a, a bunch of stuff, give you a Bible, give you whatever you, you need to take those first few steps in a new life. Um, let's all stand together. If you're part of the prayer team, I want to invite you up right now. If you've lost a coat and you don't know where it is, it might be up here. You know, if we got a father, then we got a family, right? If he wants to call himself father, then a father has to have a family. So family, let's take hands together. Lord, I just thank you for each one here, each precious soul that's come here this morning. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. Lord, that they would not see you in the same way. They'd not only recognize your beauty, but they'd say, yes, that's for me. I want it. This area of my life has been the way I see God, and it's not right. So I take off an old belief system and I put on that which is true, that which is life-giving. Lord, I say yes to you. We say yes to you and I ask you to bless them with that spirit of wisdom and with revelation. Even in their dreams, you would come to them. That's how you came to me, come to them. We just bless them today and all that they do. Let us leak well in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out our Sermon of the Week. If you have questions or would like to get connected, download our app or visit us at providencecommunity.org.